Hear these words now from the book of James. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank, growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any hearers of the word are not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in the mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongue, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. I have a friend, a little older than me, when he was in his late 20s, early 30s, to be sure he was full of himself. He'd go to a car dealership to test drive a new car. Now, this was when a car dealer would allow you to test drive without the salesperson in the car. So my friend, and usually taking someone with him, I call him a partner in crime, I was never one of those. He would go to the dealership and get behind the wheel of a new car he thought might be sexy and cool, and he'd drive it to lunch and then return it, never intending to make an offer and then telling the salesman, I was just looking. By the way, he became a pastor. <laughs> Baptist, but a pastor nonetheless. But haven't we all done this? Haven't we all gone just looking? Sometimes we go places just looking because we're bored. I, I know I, I can do that. I, I can go to um, Barnes & Noble to be just looking or to um, maybe to Bed Bath & Beyond and be just looking or maybe Lowe's Home and Garden and be just looking. <clears throat> At one time or another, we've all cruised the malls, haven't we? Been to the outlets, visiting one shop after another, just looking. Here's the thing, and a sad thing, though. Some people spend all their lives just looking, never able to risk investing their energies or their emotions or, or resources or faith in anything or anyone. My mother is a sweet woman, and she's a committed Baptist. She, she is strong in her faith. And when I was growing up, gambling was not something that we even thought about in our, in our home. So it surprised me several years ago when she was still able to drive that when getting a car, she would buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> and I'm not a lottery person, by the way. And I would say to her, Mom, why do you waste your money on such a rare 
return on your investment. And she would say to me, as a mother to a child, son, you can't win if you don't play. Now, I'm not recommending going to the lottery, by the way. But she made a credible point. She made a credible point that you can't win if you don't play. And this, this meant something to me, a symbol that if I'm going to grow in my faithfulness to God, if I'm going to grow in my relationship with Jesus, if I'm going to experience the joy of my salvation, there's going to need to be some investment. There's going to need to be some risk living into my life as a disciple of Jesus. By the way, if you do play the lottery and you do win, I can talk the finance committee into receiving your tithe. <laughs> just, just putting it out there. There are people, and sometimes beautiful people, who are more times than not just looking. They seem to be afraid to invest themselves into life, unable to commit to much of anything. As a pastor, and as church members too, I'm sure, we've all seen these people. They seem to drift in and drift out of church or different congregations. They drift and flounder. They struggle to open their hearts to the life of the Spirit. It seems that one fear or another um, keeps them from living into that robust faith, that gift of faith that God wants for them, where they can become part of something um, larger than themselves or someone larger than themselves. In this passage, the author of James indicates that he's frustrated with just-looking Christians. He finds himself discouraged, disturbed when Christians who are content with being benchwarmers or bystanders of the faith. The author reminds us that just hearing the word of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, is not enough. We must be doers who act. Now, to be sure, a biblical faith finds plenty of precedence for action, even without plans. But the scriptures show very little evidence of plans without any action. In other words, the author of James and the entirety of the Bible never says we have to have our faith all figured out, all planned out before we take a risk of that first step. If we had it all figured out, it wouldn't be faith, would it? Remember Abraham and Sarah from that first book of the Bible? They didn't have a plan, but at God's command, they packed up and left home to go to a land that God would eventually show them. Then there was Moses. He didn't have a clue about how he was going to get Pharaoh to release the Israelites from bondage. But he went to Egypt just to do that. The prophet Elijah was depressed, didn't have a bit of hope within him because Queen Jezebel was after him, after him to kill him. But he had enough faith that he allowed God to nurture him back to health. There's Mary, an ordinary Jewish girl, no real stature, no name in the community, but through taking a risk of faith, she bore the Son of God. The Apostle Peter, we know how he wavered in his faith. He even denied knowing Jesus to protect his life. But you know what? He didn't give up. He became the rock upon which the church is built. And Jesus didn't have a sin in his heart, but he suffered and died, becoming the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Faithful Christians doing people, not just looking people. The whole is that we don't know and will never know uh, every detail, every contingency, every possible development that awaits us, but through our faith, we do know who goes before us. We do know who's in charge of life. The founder of the Methodist movement understood this. Because of his faith 
And trusting in God's faithfulness, he was able to risk being a disciple of Jesus. John Wesley then challenged the people called Methodist to be doing the word, saying, do all the good you can by all the ways you can and all the means you can and all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can. The author of James says, those who only hear the word of God deceive themselves. He says a, a person who lives this way is someone who looks into the mirror and then goes away unmindful of his or her faith. In other words, this person is one who says, yes, I believe in Jesus. I really believe in the resurrection of the Lord. But then fear keeps them from living out that discipleship. The book of James is instructive toward a practical faithfulness what we say and what we do in our living does have consequences. Now, to be sure, the Scripture says that our words matter, but as important as that, our actions do. You see, actions give integrity to words. Our actions add value to our words, and actions give life to our words. Now, this is really important. And if you are Lutheran out there, you've been waiting for this not about works righteousness okay we can't do enough to ever receive the gift of salvation the apostle paul said we are saved by grace only by grace lest anyone should brag about it but he also said for it is not hearers of the law who are righteous in god's sight but doers of the law who will be justified in other words Lives of faithfully following Jesus are to bear witness to the fruit of our labor. And so what is this fruit? What are we to bear? And it is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Spirit of God nudges us, invites us, challenges us to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We're to become more than just looking Christians. Longchair Larry understood this. He understood what it meant to be a doer. He knew what it meant to risk living into the gift of life. Now, better preachers than me, Lisa Brown Cole, have told this story. But it deserves a hearing today. Larry Walters was a truck driver who had always wanted to be a pilot. He joined the Air Force and hoping to become a pilot, but he had bad eyesight and it hindered him from doing that. But he never lost his dream of becoming a pilot. And one day, he wanted to be a pilot more than any other day. He wanted to see his neighborhood from a new perspective. So Larry went down to the local Army surplus store and bought 45 used weather balloons. That afternoon, he strapped himself into a lawn chair and his friends tied those 45 balloons to that lawn chair. They were filled with helium. And Larry put on a parachute just in case. And he took along a six-pack of beer, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and a pellet gun, figuring he could shoot the balloons out one at a time when he needed to land. Now, he thought the balloons would lift him only about 100 feet in the air. And he was caught off guard when he went over 11,000 feet in the air. This placed him smack dab in the middle of the air traffic of Los Angeles International Airport. 
and too frightened to shoot any of the balloons down. He, he stayed up there for more than two hours, forcing uh, flights to be canceled across the country. Now, soon after he was safely on the ground, he was arrested. But while he was being taken to booking, reporters were able to ask him three important questions. Larry, were you scared? Yes. Would you do it again? No. Why did you do it? Because, he said, you can't just sit there. You just can't sit there. I believe that the author of James is telling us the same thing that Long Chair Larry said. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we just can't sit there. We just can't warm the pew. We just can't ignore the invitation and the nudging from the Spirit of God to live out our faith fully. Now, here's the grace. We can't do this by ourselves, nor does God expect us to do this by ourselves. God promises to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to give us courage for doing the Word. God always wants more for us than we want for ourselves. And God wants us to be doing the word so others may come to know Christ as Lord of their lives. God wants us to risk living the fruit of the Spirit so we will experience the joy of our salvation. You know, many of us watched the funeral of Senator McCain yesterday, and it was a worshipful time. There was a quote from Hemingway's um, For Whom the Bell Tolls that was shared by a couple of people. And the quote said, Today is only one day in all days that will ever be. But what will happen in all other days that ever came can depend on what one does today. Receiving the word of God means putting our faith into practice, feet to our faith, meditating on it, contemplating on it is good, but there must be action with that. And we can begin doing that this day that will affect all other days. For James, putting love into practice is, is linked with the worship of God. Solidarity with the poor is not only an ethical requirement for Christians, but it's a way to encounter Jesus himself, who identified himself with the least and the last and the lost. We can't separate action and prayer, or struggle and contemplation, or solidarity and inner life. True religion is never a retreat from the world. It's never a flight from the realities of life. Translated into concrete and tangible acts of love, the language of faith renews us and offers us purpose and meaning in life. It offers us hope and joy as we risk living into the fruit of the Spirit where we learn to be loving and joyful and kind and peaceful and patient and generous. Today, as we receive the cup and the bread, I invite each of us to recommit ourselves to being doers of the Word. Let us heed the words of Long Chair Larry that we just can't sit there. All the while knowing and trusting that it is through the grace and power of Jesus that we can risk growing into love with God and with others. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.